How's it going? Welcome to the Absolutely Live interview. My name is Greg. I'm excited for our premiere episode. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to get going. Our first guest today is Jason Ricci. And I'm going to repeat this information also for people that haven't joined in just yet. Uh, give it a moment here. Uh, looks like no one's joined just yet, so I'm going to give it just a moment. I'm trying to get my camera right. And uh, it looks like I got a little bit of a circle or something going on my glasses here. I can put this up a little bit. All right. There we go. Just trying to get my uh, camera right so that you don't see too much of a circle in my glasses. Because if I do this, I can barely see what's going on. But if I do this, I'm good to go. All right. So we're just going to wait for... Um, Jason to come on. I um, am doing this brand new broadcast. Uh, it's called the Absolutely Live Interview. I thought about it about two weeks ago, uh, maybe two and a half weeks ago or so. And I was talking to a friend of mine, uh, actually he's in this band right here, uh, Speed of Light. And um, it just dawned on me, like, why can't I just do a show where I talk to some of, uh... oh, there they are right now. Hey, guys. Um, so yeah, I was just, we were texting back and forth and it was just, it dawned on me, I, I got to do some sort of show, some sort of uh, interview show or something with some people that I've been um, friends with um, throughout the years. Um, I'm a musician myself. I'm actually a vocalist, and uh, I have been um, in music for a very, very big part of my life. Um, and so I played with a lot of the, actually played with uh, or around some of the people that I'm going to be interviewing who went on to stardom. Um, I've got, uh, what's up guys. Thank you so much for coming on and, and checking me out here. Um, uh, and Jamie's online too. Jamie, thanks for hanging out. Um, Jason's going to come on in just a few minutes. Um, I just spoke to him briefly and he is going to be on in just a moment. So, um, yeah, so I conceived this idea actually Cameron, when you and I were texting, I conceived the idea like two weeks ago of doing this show because I felt like I had a lot of contacts that I knew um, from being a musician and a lot of um, contacts that I knew also from um, being an actor, so to speak. I did nine years of uh, improv comedy, so I know a lot of people. Um, and I just figured, hey, I, I should talk to these folks about what they've gone through in their careers and how things have um, gotten better for them in their lives. So um, I just figured I might as well just do a show. I'm, I'm kind of an affable guy. I'm kind of a, uh, a guy who can talk to anyone. I've always said I can talk to anyone about anything at any time. So I just figured might as well do it. Hey, Riley, thanks for hanging out. Um, check it out, guys. <laughs> um, there he is. <laughs> uh, so I just figured I might as well talk to people about something that I know about, which is music or, or entertainment. Um, and so I started contacting some people saying, hey, uh, if I did an interview show, would you be excited to join and, and be somebody that I could talk to and, and interview pretty much? Um, they were all very, very um, open to the idea. And um, uh, I just felt like, wow, you know, this, this might be something that could take off. So then I thought to myself, because I'm an, an overachiever like that, like I like like I said before, I'll talk to anyone at any time. I don't care who they are. Um, so I just, I reached out to some famous folks that a lot of us know. 
Um, some of them haven't contacted me back. Some of them did. And they said, listen, I just don't have the time right now. Um, but I would be interested in coming on, you know, maybe a couple of months from now because my schedule is too busy. I said, okay. Um, there were some people from the band Kitty that I talked to, which is a rock band. I don't know if anybody knows about them. Um, I'm sure a lot of people know about them. And um, they were hugely famous in the 90s. Um, so hopefully, perhaps Morgan Lander might be on at some point. I'm not sure. But uh, I have reached out to her. She did say at some point she would like to come on. So that's exciting. Uh, I also spoke to Rudy Sarzo, who is a guy who played for Ozzy Osbourne. Also the Guess Who, Quiet Riot, Whitesnake. And Rudy has agreed to come on. So in a few weeks, uh, Rudy will be on the show. So I'm excited to interview Rudy. I've bantered back with him um, back and forth for a while. And he seems like a great guy. I'm excited to talk with him. He seems real genuine. So it'll be a great interview. Um, without any further ado, I'm going to bring on uh, Jason Ricci. He's uh, the subject of our interview today. And just give me one moment and I'll do that. I'm going to let Jason tell you a little bit about himself, and uh, I'll talk to him about what's going on in his life, how he started, things like that. It is an improvisational interview, so I don't know really what I'm going to say or what Jason's going to say. I kind of know what framework I want to do, but who knows what will happen. <laughs> That's why it's called the Absolutely Live Interview. I literally, yes, uh, I literally don't know what's going to happen. Um, so anyway, hopefully Jason will join us in just a moment. Um, this is exciting for me. It's something that I'm real um, excited about. I'm looking forward to it. The folks from Speed of Light uh, are going to join me too in a few weeks. Uh, let's see, Jason, let me do this again for you. Hang on, buddy. There he is. Invite. There we go. Riley, I'm excited to talk to you guys too. It'll be a blast. It really is. And I have some really amazing guests coming on, too. Not only musicians. I have um, uh, Frankie, uh, my friend Frankie, uh, goes by Jimmy Rook. That's his stage name. He's coming on. He is an amazing musician. Uh, magi sorry, magician. He's a magician. Uh, he'll be coming on. I can't wait either. Um, and I have some other folks coming on, too. Actor Nick Puya is going to come on. So Nick is... Um, up-and-coming actor here in the Miami area. Well, I'm not in Miami anymore. I'm, in, I'm actually on the West Coast. But Nick is an actor on the um, East Coast of Florida, Miami area. And Nick has been in a lot of commercials, national commercials. He's also been in some movies. He just was in a movie. Uh, the name escapes me at the moment. But um, Nick, hang on. Let me try Jason again. Just give me one second. It looks like he's having a little bit of a problem there. Jason. All right. Here we go. Let's invite him one more time. There we go. Um, so Nick Puya is going to come on. I'm excited about Nick. He's a great guy. Okay. Oh, sorry, guys. Jason is uh, texting me. I guess he's... we go yes it's been uh hey hey rich <laughs> the hulk is on rich is on with me right now and you know what eventually i'd like to have a sponsor on here i don't want to name 
names or anything, but maybe, perhaps, there may be a sponsor in my future, hopefully. Boy, this water is good. I don't know what else to say, but it's very thirst quenching. Mmm. Boy, is that water good. I'm not really sure what you call it. Oh, it's Hint Water. Well, hopefully the kind folks over there at Hint might want to sponsor my show. So if you know any of them, let them know. Here we go. There's Jay. There he is. Jason, you're good, man. All right, so Jason should be on in just a moment. <laughs> there he comes. It's Jason Ricci. Blues legend. Where are you, man? Jason Ricci. There he is. What's up, dude? How you doing? Good, man. I've been waiting for you over here. It looks like I, I tried to ask you to come on a couple times. I'm not sure what happened on your end. It doesn't work on the computer. Oh, no? All right, there we go. Yeah, you're on your phone, right? Yeah, I'm trying to get some more volume here. It's... No, you're good, man. You're really you're high right. volume, actually. You're good. I'm trying to get more volume for me so I can hear you. Oh, okay. I'm gonna try headphones. I have I have my uh, AirPods on, so that's probably why I can hear well. So, Jason, how you doing today, man? Better than average, there, Greg. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. What you doing in New Orleans today? Yeah, hold on. Let me see if I can't get you in on the head. Check one day something. Hello? Yeah, now you're there. I got you. Gotcha. Okay, cool. What's going on over there in New Orleans? Uh, not too much. Just gave a harmonica lesson today. Took some trash out. Yep. Hung out with my neighbor. Yeah. Nice. Uh, yep. Did some work for a session tomorrow. Very good. All mm -hmm. right, so I wanted to get right into it, man. I want to ask you about your career. Um, if you don't mind, uh, some of the folks that are watching may or may not know about your career. Um, I happen to be in the blue scene down here. Um, I was in the blue scene down here, uh, or in South Florida anyway, so I'm familiar with your work. Um, I think you're a legend. I, I appreciate everything you've done, everything you've gone through, all that kind of stuff. Um, but, like, if you could start at the beginning for us and just let us know, how did you get into – playing the harmonica of all instruments, because I know a lot of kids when they start, oh, I want to play guitar, I want to play drums, I want to be the singer, you know, I want to play bass, but not a lot of folks get into the harmonica. So when you have a really or very, very proficient harmonica player, it's like they're gold, you know what I mean? Because not many people play it. So go ahead and just tell us how you uh, started thinking about harmonica and, and got into it, if you don't mind. No, um, so I started on guitar too. And, uh, I was in a a punk band and I was the singer. I was the singer in the band. I didn't play guitar in the band. Nice. Okay. And uh and then the 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 guitar player in the band started singing. So I started getting benched. So <laughs> I I got the harmonica just so I could do something. And like and we they they like kind of picked it for me because like it it wouldn't like I couldn't ruin the song like I could with guitar or piano or bass or something. So, right. so like I could only, I could only like mar it. Right. You know? <laughs> so anyway, uh, I, my guitar teacher at the time also taught harmonica. So I just showed up, I showed up one Tuesday and was like, Hey, do you care if we do this instead? Right. And that the rest is history. 
Yeah, no doubt, man. And you made a great history of it. I'm telling you what. Um, no, nobody thought I'd take it serious. Nobody. Oh, yeah, really? yeah really? especially especially not my mother, right, or the band, right? Like. Now, how did you how did you like figure on where your influence would come from as far as harmonica was concerned? Because I, you know, obviously. I don't know if, if people are fans of the blues. Um, you know, Sonny Boy Williamson sticks out. Little Walter sticks out. Like, so some other guys that you might have learned off of or maybe tried to emulate. Who were those guys? So, uh, like, that, that same guitar teacher, like, made me a cassette tape of, like, all kinds of harmonica players. Like, everybody from Neil Young to Little Walter to, to Howard Levy. Right. That, that was back in like, uh, you know, in the 80s. OK. Right. Yeah. And uh, my and he told me, he's like, listen, if you want to play this thing, you're going to want to listen to blues guys. And my like heart sank. Right. I was like, no, like, that's terrible. Like, because you're a punk guy. I don't, at heart. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. It's like, that's not my thing. So, yeah. Anyway, my I went home and and the, the the teacher told me he said, hey, listen, there's this guy, his name's James Cotton, and he's coming here next week, next week. So maybe your mother could take you. I was like 14, so uh, I went and saw Cotton, and then from there, there I like just sought out like older men that played the instrument, and they all told me like what guys to listen to so it started off with started off with like some of the white guys like like muscle white and but also cotton and like some of the guys the guys not just white but guys that were alive at that time right and then i started getting into like butterfield and alan wilson from can heat and then back to little walter george smith sunny boy Right. And and then all of the guys that could play were very like forceful to me about yeah. these are who you listen to, this is who you listen to, and this is who you don't listen to. Right. Got it. Yeah. So you took that advice and, and kind of went with it. For a long time. Yeah. And then I sort of found my own way after yeah. that. But no, after but, yeah. that. You so you went your own way. You you kind of remembered what they were doing, but you kind of tra- blazed your own trail a little bit. Um, I think now- that took a while too. Like that, like it was like I mean, I had to like listen to like Pat Ramsey from yeah. uh, Johnny Winter's band in the seventies right. was living in Memphis, and so I moved there to be around him, and that was like that was when I started transitioning in a in what I would say is a more broader musical kind of way. Like instead of like licks and traditional blues and what happened from 1955 to circa 1961 in the second floor of a chess studio. Right. Instead of just that, right. Like what else is there? Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you went, did you, let me ask you this. Did you take any of your, um, you're, you're a very aggressive harmonica player. (laughs) And I love it, man. I love it. You know, and you can hear it when you're playing. I mean, you can hear the, you know, and you're like really like jamming out. So did you did you take any of your punk influence and and kind of like throw it into 
your style of harmonica? I mean, even though there's no harmonica really in punk at all, but I mean, did you take that thought, the thought process of a punk player and kind of throw it into your um, style as a, as a harmonica player? Um, not intentionally. Like, uh, I think I tried to play as much like the old guys as possible. And then when I heard Pat, you know, it was different. And But even, even then I wasn't coming at it from a punk standpoint. I think you don't really hear any, like, real punk influence until the album Rocket Number 9. Yeah. And then, so at that point in my life, I had come out of the closet. Yeah. I was dating. I was dating a guy. Right. And uh, and I wasn't going to keep that a secret. Got and it. when that when that happened, right, then also like a lot of other things started happening, just naturally through osmosis of like a lot of them old blues guys, especially the black ones like Junior Kimbrough and David Kimbrough and RL. They were always really telling me, like, be yourself, right? Like, like, don't try to be us. Like, they were telling me that in those exact words. Yeah. And so I think, like, that whole coming out of the closet thing was, like, it was also, like, okay, like, let's, let's do a misfit song. <laughs> like, like yeah. let, let's just do it. Like, let's do a Lou Reed too, right? Like, let's, sure. do, let's do Sun Ra, too, right? Let's do jazz, yeah. too, right? Like, not just... So it was just at that point, I was like, I'm not going to try to make music that isn't like part of me, right? Yeah. In some way or another, right? Yeah. So you kind of took that and, and went with it. I mean, I love it. I love the, I, I love, like, you know what? By the way, I love your first album too. Um, I've been listening to that a lot lately. And um, a couple of the tracks on there are just, I mean, well, all of them are very good. Um, the first two, I believe, are like uh, just, just I don't know, man. They just do something to me. <laughs> when I wait, to wait, man. A lot of people don't know what my first album is. Which one is it? Your very first album that you ever made with the black cover. Oh, it just says Jason Ritchie. I'm here. I'm here. The one does it just say J? Does it just say Jason Ritchie? Jason Ritchie and New Blood, Blood on the Road. That's not the first album. Oh, okay, well that's hey, there's listen. two before that. Really? Actually, three, three. Self-produced. Mm -hmm. They were like 500 copies sold of each. They go for like six and seven hundred dollars on wow. eBay. I don't. I don't even have a copy. <laughs> All right. Well, Blood on the Road then. Your third one. <laughs> Well, I, see, I didn't know about those two. I wouldn't know about them if there nobody does. Copies. Yeah. Nobody does. Nobody there's, does. Yeah, no way they're on the they're on the North Magnolia Music lo label. They were it, the first one came out in '95. Wow! And then the second one came out in '96, and it, it had uh, some Kimbros on. Really? Holy! Yeah. Man. Wait. Yeah. Yeah. So, Blood on the Road. When you when you made that one, so you were kind of like already a recording veteran, pretty much. I mean, you had two albums. On your <laughs> <laughs> <Is that right? laughs> I don't know. Well, I think like sometimes I look back at those records and I'm like, man, I wish that like there wasn't the technology to self produce. 
I wish like I had been had to wait right before I put out a record. But like, hey, I had like two thousand dollars, so I was like, let's do it. Let's make a record. Right? Well, that's not now. Good. I'm like, now I'm like, I wish we hadn't. You know, like if I could go back and erase blood on the road, like I would. Right? <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna like now delete it from the history, but you know, I wouldn't. I I couldn't sing. I couldn't sing at all. Yeah. yeah, but it was okay, though. It was really honest. I mean, it was totally honest, right? Hey, that's all I've ever tried to do is be sincere. And, and, and I failed record, at that, man. too. That's a I failed record. at that. Listen, when I was <laughs> at Bobby and the Renegades, that's one of the, the guitar player, Steve Laudacini, you may know or not, I'm not sure, but um, one of the things that Steve, his big thing was just being honest, man. Let's just go out there and yeah. be honest. Let's, let's play it. honest. Let's sing honest. Who gives a shit? Just do it, you know? Yeah, yeah, man. That's it. That's it. Somebody wrote here a thing. Okay, new mission. Going to find those albums. <laughs> ah, good luck. Here, hold on one second. I'll show you what they look like. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, but I had no idea. That's crazy. See, you learned something new. I did not know those albums existed. That's okay. crazy. All right, so here is the actual. This has never been revealed before. Anywhere. <laughs> That's crazy, right, Rich? Yeah. yeah. All right. So, so these are these are bootlegs that were gotten from like Europe. Okay. So this is what the first one looks like. <laughs> oh, yeah. Man. It's 1995, right? And it's it's a photocopied back. Okay. This is the second one called Down at the Juke. Down at the Juke, okay. I and I, you can see that. I signed it, and the guy gave it to me later. I signed it in 2019, and, he, like, last year he gave it to me. And there, there's, like, photocopies wow. of the insert. Yeah, and you can see the CD is burned. The original was not, right? right. Then after that, this one came out. Um, live at Checkers Tavern, wow. um, which was stolen from us oh by the God. label by the label wow we ne we we they wanted to charge us ten dollars a copy for us to have it and that that was back in in like the early 2000s right and, and uh so we never did we never bought any and uh so yeah and um i bought it bought i bought it? it yeah off of online right so there's a there it is right wow and then that uh, picture man holy mackerel and then the response, right, right. I was beautiful once, yeah. <laughs> and then, and then the response to, oh, and then, and then, and then after that, oh, no, no, no. Before I, I messed up. So it goes this one, Jason Ritchie, self-titled. Then down at the juke. Then feel good funk, two thousand one ish. Then, um. Then live at Checkers is recorded and stolen for us from wow. us. The band responds the same month by releasing Blood on the Road, which there we recorded go. in one day on tour go. in Colorado. Wow. Then after that comes Rocket Number Nine and then Done with the Devil, which I don't have. Yep. And and then um down that the road. approved uh, Down That Road was put out by a fan. Uh, wow. Yeah, awesome. yeah. Uh, that was all stuff off of archive.org. And then uh, after that was uh, approved by snakes. Years went by where I was in jail or on the street. Yeah. And then approved by snakes came out after I got out of jail. What about Dirty Memory? 
that was around 2015, I think, right? Around that time with JJ. Uh, uh, and then after that came out uh, Chops Are Rolling, which is out of print already because of a, a legal battle with the record label. Okay. Right? Constant problems. Yeah. And then now there's a Richie Crown CD, which is my favorite. Wow, really? That's your favorite? Absolutely. The newest CD I have is my favorite. Is it only yeah. because it's the newest, like it's currently what you're doing, or, or that's just how you feel? I think it's the most grown-up release, Greg, gotcha. that I've ever made. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. I'm like not, not yelling at anybody. And the, oh. the song, it's for the first time the songs aren't like about drugs and the devil, gotcha. right? Like it's because I've kind of like calmed down a little, right? <laughs> a little bit, yeah. I want to reference the drugs again, because um, you had you had said some stuff about being arrested, having drugs and all that kind of stuff. So um, I know that you and I talked on the phone just briefly about it. And I asked you, um, just so everybody knows, I asked Jason if it would be okay if I brought that kind of stuff up, because it is an improv show. I didn't really have a script, pretty much. So he said, yeah, that's no problem at all. It's part of my story. So this is what it is. So if you don't mind um, if touching on it a little bit, like what, what happened, man? What, what led you to that? And then also, how did you get out of it? Because I, I look at you as a guy that, um, you know, you're a strong guy, man, because that stuff can easily destroy somebody and then they can't come back out of it. And that's it. But you have you have emerged, you know, um, I'm not going to say unscathed because as you just alluded to before, um, you know, you had some issues, you were on the street and everything like that, which is normal for somebody that's down to their luck on drugs. Um, but how did you manage to emerge from that? So the first part of the question is, how did you how did you wind up delving into that? Secondly, how did you get through it? And third, how did you emerge from that, if you don't mind? Okay, sure. So in a, in a certain separate program that we're not supposed to talk about, it, they say <laughs> they say our stories disclose in a general way Correct. what it was like, yep. what it was like, what happened. Yep. and what it's like now. Yep, so that's exactly. kind of what you're asking, right? Yep, exactly. So real short, I came from a family with a history of alcohol and drug abuse. Okay. Uh, my father was uh, an ex-heroin addict who had uh, sort of switched drugs to like alcohol, marijuana, cocaine. Which is from what I understand is not unusual. No. And... Um, and my grandfather and grandmother were both hardcore alcoholics. Got it. Um, so, uh, like everybody else, I started smoking pot like in my late teens, and uh, it was pretty good for a little while. And then um, eventually, I found cocaine, and that quickly led to crack. And uh, once the crack came aboard, it was really, really close to to already being a real serious issue. Like yeah. it went from like something that we do socially hanging out, maybe playing some music, listening to music, talking with friends to, you know, locking the doors, hiding, doing that, getting more stealing if necessary. Right. Wow. To get more like immediately. Right. Um, then uh, I shortly thereafter I was in treatment uh, that was, this is like, uh, 97. Okay. Yeah. Uh, then I, uh, I left treatment. I got arrested, uh, for strong arm robbery. I did a year and a day in like a boot camp kind of 
scenario, jail type of situation. It's like jail, but it's like boot camp. <clears throat> and uh, it's not uncommon. Uh, that was down in Florida. I got out of there. I stayed sober for 12 years. In 2010, I fell off the wagon, relapsed. Um, I had made music my higher power. And although I didn't switch to drugs like marijuana or alcohol, I switched to drugs like ego and money and the gym and sex and food. And I was looking for all of these kinds of things to make me happy. Uh, some people talk about it like trying to fill a God-sized hole with things. And I was looking for things from the world to do, to do that. And the, the problem with things from the world is they, they eventually let you down. And, and just, just like crack, the more I got, the, the more I found that I just wanted more of it or I, or I wasn't satisfied with what, I wa what it was, whether it was a label deal or a gig or a festival or a, a tour, a new management, new booking company, whatever it was, it, award. I'd go, well, I, oh, that's great. I'm so happy I got the award. Oh, how come they got three? And I only got one. Right. And it would just be like immediately like, I want more. Like a and, right. right. So as soon as I kind of realized that, I just went back to the one thing that I loved the most, which was crack. <laughs> and then that quickly led to like the loss of the band. The band broke up and then I lost my home. I lost my boyfriend. I uh, moved down here to New Orleans basically to die. Um, somehow I lived through all of it. There was a lot of heroin involved too it wasn't just crack anymore it was now heroin and crack there was a woman involved right uh that i was madly in love with that i met here she was from france she's still over there she's uh, uh thank thankfully happily married and alive and from what i can tell doing very well which is amazing she was arrested here and deported um i was arrested in indiana and did a year and a day up there. Uh, got out of jail my second time, put four years sober together, really did that just to stay out of the DOC, Department of Corrections. Uh, also did it for Kate, right? So again, two human powers. Uh, not getting in trouble is not a good enough reason for me to stay sober. And to please a person isn't a good enough reason. Um, two and a half years ago, um, I had a spiritual experience that changed my life. Uh, I have a personal relationship with a God that I call Jesus Christ. And it was that transformation that seemed to, for the first time in my life, fulfill me in a way where the goal of sobriety is not to do drugs and it's not to not do drugs and alcohol sobriety is a tool which allows me to grow closer to god and people who i see as reflections of of christ in everybody but it doesn't have to be jesus for you yeah. i am anything but a pusher of christianity right this is just this is just the archetypes that have made their way into my life Right. And as power, as powerfully and as real, a, a external, they are to me. In no way, shape, or form do I believe 
that that needs to be pushed on anybody. Understood. Unbelievable. That's, I mean, you know, to, to say that uh, I, I'm sort of speechless because, you know, I, I've known a lot of people that have uh, unfortunately succumbed to their demons. Um, they've succumbed to drugs, alcohol. In fact, I've had two in the last six months. Uh, one uh, that I saw pretty recently before moving over here to Cape Coral. Uh, he wound up passing away, uh, just couldn't get away from the drugs. And then also another person uh, recently, her son, she had a very tragic situation happen. Her son passed away and she was teetering on the brink and she just gave up. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, yeah. Yeah. It, like, it, I mean, when earlier, overcome, you know, yeah, I, I, I hear you. And earlier when you said, well, Jay, you're a really strong guy and you pulled through this. Let me make something absolutely clear. I did not. Well, right. Okay, I did none of that. Like, okay, here's what happened to me. Okay, if we want to get scientific about it, it's probably my genetic predisposition that allowed me to live. Maybe, through, yeah. Right, Maybe. like, and, and the, the amount of dope that I was doing has killed friends of mine. For sure. Okay. And people around me. For sure. Right. Yeah. And, and it didn't me. So that's of no doing of my own. Right. And I just lived long enough to have the grace to have that experience that I had yeah. two and a half years ago. And for that, I am very grateful for sure. and is the reason that I am open about it so yeah. much well, and yeah. also yeah and also the reason that all thanks go to god yeah. okay because i did nothing other than after that happened continuing to nurture that relationship okay that relation that i have to do every morning when i start otherwise i'm a, I'm, a, I'm an asshole and how <laughs> And how do you how do you do that every morning? Like what what's your what's your process? It's so practical, right? So like it starts with before my feet touch the floor, right? Uh, I wake up and the first thing that goes through my head is, oh, today sucks and you're or you're you're fat and now and you're you're no good and, and you have to do all this stuff you don't want to do. All right. And then I stop that. That's number one. Number one. And I go, I go, God, help me. Right. Like, like not today, Satan. Okay. So that's before the feet. That's before the feet touch the floor. So then I go and I immediately write a gratitude list. Okay. So I have a one friend, right? Uh, you know, he's a famous friend, so I'm not going to name drop, but, but I write my famous little buddy who, who writes me back every day. And the reason it's not because he, it's not because he's famous. It's because he writes me back. That's the what the reason. I used to send it to like 20 people, but now I send it to one. I yeah. send it to one, the one that always writes back. And I say, hey, listen, you know, I'm glad I, I get to make music today. I get to share in the gift of, of, of love and thank you for being there. And, and thanks for my cat and thanks for my beautiful wife. And thanks for this awesome podcast I get to do. I try to change the language from have to do to get to do to want to do right. to, you know, thankful for a relationship with God that can bring joy to all things. Even the things that I feel like work to me can be vacation. Yeah. Right. And I, I, so I start with that. Then I go and I hit my knees and I go, Hey, I, uh, Hey, Hey, yo, God, it's Jay. Right. Like, guess what? I'm going to make some mistakes today. 
help me not make them as bad, right? And like, help me like bring joy and love and compassion and all of the things that you showed me two and a half years ago, forgiveness, help me bring that patience, love, bring that to everything I do today, right? Like, and, 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 and take care of my buddy, Stevie. And and take care of my buddy, Mark, who's got cancer, right? And take care of my mom and take care of, and then I go through the people I don't like. <laughs> take, <laughs> take care of them. Well, bring it's them. Okay. It's okay. Bring them the joy. Oh, yeah. And God, while you're at it, help me stop not liking them. Like, what's your problem? Like, like you're, I'm mad at them for being judgmental, and now I'm judging them for being judgmental. Could you please... I am a mess. I'm a mess. Yeah, that I, I need help. I need help. And then, and then, you know, Hey, look, like relieve me of my character defects so that victory over them may bear witness to your grace, power, strength, and love so that I may help somebody else in a way that's effective. In, you know, maybe if it's right in your name. You know, all right. This, this one guy over here says, uh, Jason inspires lots of people. I'm one of them to keep on learning blues harp. So that's that's awesome, man. So you are inspiring lots of people for sure. And Wait, a lot of and then one more thing. And then after the prayer, I make the bet. <laughs> okay. Yes, then I go. That too. <laughs> that's the beginning to a good day. No, no matter how bad the day is, right? No matter how rough it is, I'm gonna be okay, right? You know, sobriety that doesn't promise good days but what it does promise is that i can be good on a bad day yeah i like that kind of outlook man that's a, that's a very positive outlook and i think a lot of people Try find it. hopefully i'm cool tomorrow too right yeah, <laughs> like, I, I don't know it's Listen, today right and i'm not cured i'm not cured i have a daily reprieve from smoking crack and shooting dope based on the stuff I just told you. That stuff is like my insulin, right? If I don't take it, I could end up sick. Yeah, absolutely. Jamie Carson just said uh, she got depressed after her sister was ki uh, killed herself. She found your number, called you for lessons, couldn't afford them. Uh, and you said, yeah, we start on Friday, which, which man, you know, talking to you for this past 30 something minutes, I can easily see you saying that, saying, listen, don't yeah, worry about it. We're gonna I mean, soon. Yeah. Yeah. I got scholarships. I try to keep up with them. Yeah. Um, there's, uh, there's people that, uh, that take lessons for free. Um, when I, when I have time yep. and, uh, I did one today. We had a guy, I had a guy come over in person today, uh, who can't see he's blind yep. and, uh, we did a lesson. Yeah. Amazing. That's awesome. But that's that's but that's not for me. That's that's uh it's for me. It's for it's for my spiritual well-being. It's it's not because I'm a good guy, because it, it, it makes me feel good. And of course. And it, it's partially because I'm a good guy, but it's because I'm a good guy because it makes me feel good. I don't know. It's service work. It's it service. Is. Yeah, you're serving you're serving a higher power. You're serving the Lord. You know, you're serving. You're out there. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying. Yeah. We're, yeah. So, and, fail, and failing, too, you know, frequently. Yeah, that's all right, man. That's part yeah. of life. You know what I mean? You know that. We all know that. Um, I want to uh, – oh, okay, Andy Parker. Oh, okay, Jamie. Yeah. Um, my, one, a buddy of mine who used to uh, – I used to be in the band with and Bobby and the Renegades, Rich. He said – Rich Conklin. He said, how did you get to play the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame gig? Which I thought was a great question. Actually, I was thinking of asking you that anyway, so I'm glad he did. 
Yeah. No, and nobody knows. Uh, so, yeah, seriously, seriously, like, my agent got a call from Paul Shaver. Okay, so when I got to the gig, I asked Paul Shaver how I got the, the gig. And he said, Peter Wolf found me. Really? So I went that night, Peter Wolf was there, and I went and talked to him. And he had no idea. He hadn't, didn't know. He didn't know how. He didn't know me. He never heard me, didn't know anything about me getting the gig. Wow. Okay. There, uh, I, so I don't know what happened. I've also heard uh, that Dan Aykroyd saw a YouTube of me doing Drifting Blues from Amsterdam. And I think I, I was very, very high during yeah. that <laughs> recording. Uh, it, was actually, it was actually my first time ever on heroin, and it was recorded. Doing that song. Yeah, yeah. And somebody wrote in the comments, heroin. (laughs) Somebody knew. But I think that 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 might have been it. That video might have got up there. Um, the, The other thing that's possible is that Gabriel Butterfield, who said something, but he's not taking personal responsibility, but he didn't deny it either. So I think he might have had a very altruistic, humble role in me getting that gig. He's always been a, a fan, like, like okay, I was down in Key West, and G- Gabriel is Paul's son, who plays drums. And uh, Gabriel was living in Key West, and I had done an interview prior to a show there at a club called The Green Parrot, and I mentioned how important Butterfield was to me. So Gabriel came to the gig and introduced himself to me, and we did a couple of Butterfield numbers that night for him and his wife at the time. And we've been kind of friends ever since. So, And he was obviously there, too, presenting uh, or accepting uh, the, uh, the honor on his father's behalf. So I think Gabriel is – I think that's the safest bet. Right. But but he's so humble, he won't take credit. He won't say even, yeah, Jay, I got you the gig. But like I said, he didn't deny it. Yeah. yeah. So I think I think Gabe had to do with it. OK. Um, another person was asking a question. Have you ever had a, have you ever had a blackout on stage before? And I want to re-say it and say, how yeah. many blackouts have you had on stage before? OK, well, so so here's the cool thing. So there's not very many performances of me on drugs. Oh, because, wow. okay, good. yeah, because most of the time I'm really not capable of playing. And it's not because it's not because um, I'm physically incapable or I'm too loaded. It's because um, I just don't go to the show. Oh, like okay. I'm too into the drugs to, to go to the gig. Yeah, I could probably play great. Right. But I don't. Yeah. Now, that, there are times there are there have been times where there were blackouts. OK, so. Most of 95 with Junior Kimbrough. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks to Corn Liquor. Thanks to Corn Liquor, most of those Sundays, at least partially, were blacked out. Another time was in Colorado at a, a gig, uh, the Outlook Hotel. They had an on land blues cruise or something. It was Mark Golan and me and. Um, I took some benzos like Valium and Xanax to, to come down from cocaine. Yeah. And I took too many. And I don't remember any of the gig. I think I remember walking 
from my hotel room to the gig. And, and then that's it. I remember the next day, Mark Owen banging on my hotel room. And then he got a key to the door and opened the door and cussed me out. And it was like pretty much what I needed to hear. Yeah. Bob, did Bob, Bob is, did he help you after that or what? Yeah, Bob's a good guy. Yeah, yeah he, and he's, he's also a lot of artists. He's also was super supportive when I came out of the closet, where a lot of the older blues guys kind of weren't. You know, oh, I'm sure. Yeah, it's just not. Yeah. that's just not the typical blues kind of, uh, you know, performer, right? It's not, right. It's not, it's not really in with the blues crowd. What, let me ask you a question about uh, Magic Dick. Have you ever? Did you ever play alongside him at all? No? Yeah, yeah, we're we're friends. All right. um, so I've had him at a couple of my like teaching conventions. Uh-huh. I had him at Indianapolis, and I had him down in Florida. And my bands backed him up, and uh, and we're very we're very close. Uh, my wife and and Dick are friends too, awesome. and they're like big time uh, stand up comedy fans. Really. Yeah, so they have like a lot of they know a lot of people that other people don't know that they uh, admire and they they talk about that and stuff. Wow. Yeah. That's great. Are you into But that he's a, Yeah, well because my wife is I've learned to be, right? So like yeah, yeah but I've learned about some comedians that are not mainstream that are important, you know, yeah. comedians. Yeah. Have you heard of um Jimmy Schubert? Have you ever seen no. Jimmy Schubert? Oh, really? Kate, okay, have you heard of Jimmy Schubert? No, she hasn't no. either. Oh, send us, God. send us a link. I will I send will a, your link. Yeah, we're into like we're way into Patrice O'Neill, and also in Doug Stanhope. Okay, uh, Doug, some guy. I've heard of Doug. Yep. He's good. Very good. So what's lots of other guys you, too. What's the future like for you? Man, it's uh right now it's uh it's not there's not like a a, a musical goal like right like uh. It's uh, it's about like taking the best care of Jay that I can, Good. and luckily I've done a lot of work on my career. So I I canceled uh, a lot of touring dates this year because of the COVID nineteen thing. Correct. Uh, it, it it not because I was worried about catching the virus. I've I've already had it twice. Um, it's because I was showing up to tours like flying into a tour. And getting off the plane and like a date was canceled or two dates were canceled, oh, or I had a member of the band get sick and fly home, or yeah. or, or or thought they were going to get sick and fly home, yeah. and then and then all kinds of arguments about contracts and money and all this stuff, and it, it got way too unpredictable. And so I'm very fortunate in that I've developed. Back when I got out of jail, I started teaching on Skype and got kind of serious about YouTube and through YouTube, Patreon and Skype and uh, occasional royalty checks from, from BMI, I have enough income that I can uh, stay close to home Great. and play games in this beautiful city, which is New Orleans. And Great. there's so many shows here. And my thing is now is really I'm trying to do the, instead of going out and hitting the road and playing as many shows as I can, when I do play, I'm really trying to put on quality shows. Yeah. So I'm trying to bring the best musicians that I possibly can or rehearse and pay the best that I possibly can with yeah. whatever musicians I'm playing with. Very nice. I like that. So, yeah, the bad. That's self yeah. man. Yeah. 
you know? Right. And, and I'm trying, I'm trying and it's going better. And like the idea is that like next year or this year, later this year, maybe when I do play like having uh, some special guests, right? Like I'm try- I'm not paying myself at all for any of my live shows. Mm-hmm. I'm giving all the money to the musicians wow. or I'm using my money to pay them to rehearse the material before the game. Very nice. Um, I wanted to tell you too, I um, saw that your birthday was recently, so I just want to say happy birthday to you. <laughs> Thank you. When's yours? Uh, November 29th. Oh, is that, wait, are you a Scorpio or a Capricorn? Sagittarius, Sagittarius. Oh, Sagittarius. Okay. Yeah, I'm Sag. Um, and also congratulations on the um, nomination for your uh, harmonica playing again. Yeah, man, Thanks. no problem. That's great. Very excited for you, man. Very excited. All right. So Appreciate what I wanted to do, if you don't mind, um, I would like to see if any of the people that are watching this, if they're interested in asking some questions. Um, Shoot. I've gone to that before, and I saw some people putting some questions. So if you have some questions, uh, there's about 25 of you uh, that are on there. If you have some questions, just go ahead and write them on there for Jason. Jason, do you, um, do you listen to any other types of music? Like what kind of music do you like? Um, you know, when you're not listening to blues or, or rehearsing? I'm mostly a jazz fan. Yeah. Like mostly. Who would you, who would you say yeah, most, jazz, like your top three jazz artists? Bird. Yeah. And then Monk. And uh, probably uh, Diz. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, I saw yeah. Diz down here. Miles. Miles, baby. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. That, I like that 50s bebop oh, stuff. Yeah. You know? Are you a fan of Sarah Vaughan? Yeah. Oh, of course. Right. Oh, amazing. Yeah, I love her. I love Ella. Ella is like my favorite of the old gals. Yeah. But I I also really like Betty Carter. I like Jimmy Scott a lot. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I like Abby Lincoln, right? But I think Betty Betty is my favorite female modern jazz singer. Yeah. But I, I like Nina, too, for the lyrics. Of course. And then Billy, Billy, right? I was just going to bring up Billy. Yeah, I'm a Billy. Yeah. <laughs> She's got a pretty unbelievable story, too. Like, her story is incredible. I love her. Yeah. I love her. I totally do. But yeah, jazz is kind of my go-to. And then if it's, if it's not that, like, I listen to a lot of WWOZ, our, our local radio station here, which is, you know, uh, all over the world now, right? Because of the web. So you can listen to WWOZ 90.7 Guardians of the Groove right here in New Orleans, greatest radio station in the world. I just put that on and, it's just great stuff. I also listen to a lot of New Orleans music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and I don't think our music falls into any category. It's not jazz. It's not blues. I mean, it can be jazz. It can right. be blues. It can be funk. But mostly, it's it's a big amalgamation. You know. Yeah. You know, to, to sound cliche, it's a gumbo, right? I was just gonna say, are you a Zydeco guy or or not really? Yes. Yeah. I love that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff, man. Play some some stuff for us. Play something that you want to play. Go ahead. I don't know. Whatever, whatever comes to mind. You know, Instagram and Facebook have this terrible sounding music when you play. It sounds good now, but when we listen back, it'll sound awful. Oh, my God. 
Yeah, man. It's all just so props. Yeah, great. <laughs> Do you have a, uh, a certain key that you like um, uh, that you like to play in? Like um, that you like more than yeah. Others? I don't know. I think I like hang out. Or I, you know, with all my students, we work on a C harp because there's no sharps or flats, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's easier. So I spend a lot of time on C's. Yeah. So I think I'm pretty close to used to that. And then you know, everybody loves B flat harmonicas because they're they're a little lower than the middle, which yeah. is perfect. Yeah. But I also like I'm known for playing very high harmonicas. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So I, I'm not afraid of those. Yeah, right? I like I like them. They're, Do you they're find cute. most people are most uh, harmonica experts are are kind of afraid of those? Yeah, they don't like them. Yeah, Junior Wells liked them, and yeah. Butter 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 wasn't afraid either. Yeah. What about little Walter? What did he uh, What did he mostly play? Played a lot in E. Yeah. F and D and that G. That was part of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Junior Welzo played a lot in C with the F harp, a high F. Yeah. All right, brother. Well, I mean, if you got nothing else, I'm, I just want to say I'm so happy that you uh, that you came on the show, man. I, you know, it's funny. I've hey! Asked, I've asked some yeah. folks to come on and uh, – like I said, I haven't heard from some of them, but some of them did come on. Um, some did say bastards. Yeah, was, <laughs> but I'm still waiting for some. And uh, you know what? I'm not. I'm not the type to just you know ring and run. I'll, I'll come back for sure. You know, and I'll keep asking. I don't care. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. You, if you think of any more questions, you can have me back. You know? Yeah, I'll, I'll come back. Right. We'll come back and. I'm yeah, man, this was great. You you seem like the nicest guy ever, man. Thanks. You really do, Greg. Yeah, yeah, man. I'm really well. happy. To be Oh man! <laughs> I appreciate that so much, man. And uh, it means a lot. I don't like what I play. <laughs> uh, come on, come on. Ah, uh, see, I, I'm not. I'm on the spot. <laughs> All right, how about this? How about you? I don't have a theme song yet. You got to write me a theme song. There you go. Write me a theme song and send it to me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll think of something. <laughs> All right, baby. All right, Jed. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. I'll see you next time, all right? My pleasure. Thanks to all the people that came on. Yep. And thank and did we didn't answer any other questions, did we? Uh, they didn't really <laughs> ask. So <laughs> I asked a couple questions. <laughs> Maybe they're they're having dinner or something. Who knows? That's right. I'm about to have some dinner. All right. Yeah. Enjoy Watch a movie. Dinner. Awesome. Okay. Thanks, all right. Man. See you I guys. I really appreciate it. Thanks, man. My pleasure. Okay, bye. 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 Well, there you have it, Jason Ricci. That was an awesome interview. I'm, I'm really excited uh, that he was able to come on. And my next interview is going to be next Sunday at 7 p.m. If you like what you saw, just go ahead and uh, just follow this page, please, the Absolutely Live interview. Um, you can also follow my other page. Uh, if you go into uh, Instagram, it's gmagnante, which is G-M-A-G-N-A-N-T-E-E. -E. I would really appreciate that, too. Uh, we got some great guests coming up. Next week is Alex Kalise, and then we have some other amazing artists as well. So I'm going to head out right now. Thank you so much, everybody. We'll see you next Sunday on the Absolutely Live interview.